What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. It is March 15th, 2022. Wonderful day in eastern Pennsylvania today. It's reaching the mid-60s. It's just about golf season. Super stoked for golf season this year. I've kind of taken it to the back burner a little bit a little bit about myself that you guys probably don't know. Uh, I've been golfing my whole life. Started when I was four. Uh, played on a little bit of pro, uh, junior tours, I guess you could call them. Uh, traveling around to local golf courses and, and kind of playing against. Uh, it's age bracketed. Uh, so 9 to 10 year olds, 9 and 10, and then uh, 10 to 13, and then 14 to 16. Uh, played on a few of those as a kid. Uh, played golf all through high school. Uh, and then I kind of golf kind of took a back burner to me when I got to college, uh, as well as since I got out of college, uh, which felt, feels like yesterday, but was actually almost seven years ago. Uh, it's a golf season. Going to take a little extra time this year, focus on the game, uh, love golf. Talked about it in the last podcast. If you have n- did not listen to the last podcast, wherever you listen, go check the feed. Uh, and go back and listen to my podcast about uh, Tiger Woods, uh, some stuff, some breaking news in the NFL, uh, as well as Tiger Woods getting in, inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. So the last few days in sports has been very hectic for all the listeners out there that have ESPN updates go directly to your phone uh, in baseball as well as in football. Uh, both of them have been absolutely popping off. Uh, it's absolutely wild. Uh, the the free agent free agency has officially began. Uh, it seems like it started two two seconds ago. Although so many players have been extended, so many players have been traded. Uh, it's it's absolutely insanity. But a recap pod uh, for all the stuff that I saw as of yesterday and up until today. Uh, obviously, I'm gonna go through a lot of players here, kind of see what the impact is. Uh, but I'm not gonna name every single one. Uh, I am. Uh, I encourage all the listeners out there right now listening to this, uh, check the free agency tracker on Google. Just type in uh, free agency NFL tracker, uh, and it'll tell you every every single player that's moved and what team they went to, as well as even players that have been officially released. And we'll talk about a few of those as well. Uh, and at the back end, two very, very important players that still – Uh, not that both still don't have a home, but one that doesn't have a home and one that decided that the home, that his home wasn't the right spot for him. So we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but, but let's hop into this free agency frenzy. Uh, and that's basically the best way I can, I can describe it to you guys. Uh, there's been players, uh, everywhere, shape and form positions. Uh, it's crazy how many players have moved already and people that have got extensions. So, uh, let's start off. We'll go through a, a decent amount of these players, especially ones that are going to have bigger impacts, uh, for the football teams. They either left or actually are now a part of. Uh, so let's start in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville signs wide receiver, former Arizona Cardinal wide receiver Christian Kirk uh, to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal. Uh, that deal could be up worth upwards of eighty-four if he hits all incentives. This is interesting to me, uh, and the media kind of hit it right on the head. And usually, the media blows stuff out of proportion or makes really ballsy statements, uh, but the, the media hit it right on the head. Christian Kirk uh, is now, I guess, unofficially making $18 million a year, uh, which is a lot for a wide receiver. I believe the franchise tag that Devontae Adams got and a lot of other players also got the franchise tag at the wide receiver position. If you guys are unfamiliar with how the franchise tag works, they basically take the average of the top five players' uh, salaries in each position, and that is what the franchise tag amount is. Uh, and I believe it's just over $20 million for a wide receiver. Christian Kirk, uh, never a, a wide receiver one uh, on on the team that he has played for for multiple years, uh, has never had a 1,000-yard season. Uh, so it's very interesting uh, that Christian Kirk has a lot of uh, it's what seems like upside uh, in terms of coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Uh, but he's going to Jacksonville. He's going to be a target for Trevor Lawrence. And Jacksonville's made a lot of moves so far already, kind of bolstering their defense a little bit, bolstering the offense and giving weapons to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, because now uh, Doug, Doug Peterson is a hell of a lot of a better coach 
uh, than Urban Meyer. Uh, and Doug Peterson's trying to pick up the pieces uh, of basically what Urban Meyer did to Trevor Lawrence the entire time that Urban was in was in Jacksonville. Uh, and he basically destroyed his first year as a rookie. So uh, Doug Peterson trying to, to, to play catch up here, trying to get Trevor Lawrence back uh, back to where he should be in his development by giving him more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and the, and they're, the Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to be relevant. They don't need to try and go out and create a team uh, in one year that's going to win 12, 13 games. Uh, they're just trying to be relevant, uh, not only within the AFC, but also within their division. Uh, let's hop off of Christian Kirk, and let's talk about another Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Uh, and uh, for all the listeners and all you guys out there that have listened to me talk about Kirk Cousins, you know that I do not consider Kirk Cousins the future of the Minnesota Vikings. However, uh, he does sign a one-year $35 million extension uh, fully guaranteed, uh, which is not a surprise uh, if you've followed anything Kirk Cousins has done uh, since 2015, 2016. uh, Everything he does based on him and his agent is fully guaranteed. Now, uh, the one good thing that comes out of the Kirk Cousins extension, number one, as a Vikings fan, I have to be realistic. Uh, Kirk's not a terrible player. I just don't think he's a franchise player, uh, but he wins. Uh, and right now, there's no better option than Kirk Cousins out there. Now, could we? Could the Vikings, as an organization, pick a quarterback and pay him half the money uh, and possibly get the same production in terms of wins-losses in the upcoming season? Absolutely. However, uh, with with Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins' former relationship uh, with with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, uh, the newly hired GM, they're going to try and pick a clear direction that's best for the team. And I don't blame them uh, because we need cap space. Uh, And by Kirk Cousins getting a one-year extension with two voidable years at the end of the extension in 2024 and 2025, Listen, his cap number this year goes down by $14 million. Uh, And for all the people out there that are Kirk Cousins haters, which is basically all of Vikings Twitter uh, and anybody who is a Minnesota Vikings fan who's been watching football, uh, there's not many that like Kirk Cousins. There's not many. And and for good reason, uh, he does seem like he doesn't show up in big games. He does seem relatively immobile in the pocket. There's a lot of things in the league right now that are happening with multiple teams that Kirk doesn't or isn't able to offer the Minnesota Vikings. However, he does put up decent stats. And yes, you could say he's a LeBron James, Pat, your stats guy, uh, or whoever else you want to use to to be the, the, the ideal padding the stats dude. It's I understand it, but he's finding Justin Jefferson on a regular basis. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson last year both had 10, uh, 10 touchdowns receiving. So it's not like Kirk Cousins isn't doing anything. Uh, and I, I do, as a Vikings fan, need to realize that Kirk Cousins is our best option to be to play quarterback this year uh, without giving up every pick that we own in the draft and and if not more, uh, in terms of players currently starting on the roster that are solid players. It's it's just the best move for right now. Uh, and with the $1 million extension, there's also a no-trade clause in there as well uh, that's being reported. So he cannot be traded, uh, or there's a no-trade clause so he can pick his destination. Uh, either one of those situations scares me a bit, depending on what happens this upcoming season. Uh, but the Vikings are shedding players uh, left and right. Uh, M- Michael Pierce, uh, we picked him up two years ago. He opted out in the COVID season uh, and then came back and only played eight games out of 17 games uh, for the Vikings. He was injured as well. Uh, he was released, clearing up some cap space. Uh, Xavier Woods signed uh, a deal with, with with the Dolphins, I believe. Uh, to play safety, so we cleared some space there, uh, as well as some of our offensive linemen, a little considered relatively subpar players, uh, are going to shop free agency. So, uh, listen, Kirk Cousins is a touchy subject for any Minnesota Vikings fan. The media loves destroying the man. 
But let's see what happens when he's got a new GM, he's got a new coach, and he's on a team with coaches that think he should be the guy. Uh, because Mike Zimmer and him did not get along, uh, and that could be part of the reason why Kirk's play wasn't as good as it possibly could be. Uh, because Mike Zimmer clearly only cared about the defense, and the fact that he only cared about the defense and his offense was the strong suit uh, for the entire season last year, uh, it puts your quarterback in a bad spot. So let, let's see what Kirk Cousins does this season. Uh, it's going to be clear as day after the first four games. Uh, you don't even have to be a Vikings fan. You just got to see what happens with the Vikings offense and with the Vikings as a team. And you'll know if Kirk Cousins is going to be the guy uh, or is not going to be the guy. Uh, and even on a lesser scale, you'll know if he's even able to take this team to the to the playoffs uh, based on a different offensive playbook and maybe a different ideal path of where this team is going. Uh, moving on, Hassan Reddick, former Temple Owl, which uh, Temple not too far from my house, probably a little, a uh, little less than an hour drive, uh, maybe a little more depending on traffic. But Hassan Reddick signs a three-year, forty-five million dollar contract with the Eagles. He's coming home. Uh, Thirty million out of the forty-five million is fully guaranteed. The Eagles are clearly at a point in their organization. And there's probably a lot of Eagles fans that listen to this podcast, considering a decent amount of people are probably listening from Pennsylvania, if not close to my local area. The Eagles defense has overperformed the last few years uh, with players that people would consider relatively subpar. Now, don't get me wrong, all of them aren't subpar, but... Hassan Reddick adds value to that defense. And if you're going to add value, you need to do it. With Nick Sirianni at the head coaching position, uh, Jonathan Gannon, I believe, was their defensive coordinator that got multiple um, head coaching interviews, but I don't believe actually got a job as a head coach. So he's probably going to return. That defense is going to be good this year. They may have to say goodbye to some of their veteran players that are uh, going to request too much money either in extension or whether or not they're currently free agents. Uh, but Hassan Reddick's definitely a good add to that to that Eagles team. And, and depending on what happens with the Eagles, do they stick with Hurts? Do they go out and try and make a move for Deshaun Watson? Uh, they got three three first round picks this year, so uh, it, it's very possible that the Eagles team looks com- this Philadelphia Eagles team looks completely different uh, than they did last year. However, it might be worth them to go out there and maybe make a splash for somebody. And and to be fair, uh, they already did with Hassan Reddick. Great pass rusher. I, I enjoy everything that I've seen in terms of his tape uh, and what he's done in the league the past, the past few years. It's fantastic to watch. Uh, and the Eagles gained a gem here. Next on the list, Emmanuel Ogba. And a lot of people don't know about Emmanuel Ogba. I was familiar with him, but I didn't think that he was going to be this big of an impact to get this type of deal. Uh, but Emmanuel Agba signs a four-year, $65 million contract. Uh, a little less than half of that is fully guaranteed with the Dolphins, who he already currently played for. I honestly didn't see enough out of Emmanuel Agba to think that he warranted this type of extension uh, at this type of money. However, uh, I did take a peek at some very highly paid defensive ends and or pass rushers in the league. Uh, and I was a little mistaken here. This this contract's not as big as I thought it was. However, uh, I did dig through while I was there and see some stuff on Emmanuel Agba. He does, he does really well. Uh, and he's played well, especially within his divisional games. Seems like he plays extra hard, has an extra step uh, for, for games that are within his own division uh, in the AFC East. But he's going to stay there with the Dolphins. Uh, and Mike McDaniel, uh, newly acquired head coach, uh, former coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, he seems like he knows exactly where he needs to go. Uh, and and, and that's, that should be said for most of the younger-ish, uh, and I, I, in quotation marks, put younger-ish uh, coaches that are maybe in their late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, uh, kind of before the age of 50 would be considered a younger-ish coach in the NFL. It seems like they have a clear direction and are willing to give up or do whatever it takes to stay on that path. 
Uh, and if that's the way Kevin O'Connell is going to be uh, as a head coach as well, being a younger-ish type head coach, I'm kind of really excited for for what we see from these younger head coaches, uh, whether they are newly acquired or have been on these teams that they currently are coaching for for years. I'm interested to see the, the shift uh, and the dynamic change a bit uh, from what we've seen in recent decade, in the recent decade, I guess you, should, you could say, from, from NFL head coaches. Uh, it just seems like offensive side, the offensive side of the football is getting uh, better results uh, in terms of what the head coach that is hired for any team with a vacancy is starting to do. They're starting to pick offensive coaches instead of defensive coaches. That's what's happening. So I'm interested to see how that shift continues uh, or if possibly it, it takes a little bit of a backseat. So we'll see uh, in this upcoming year uh, whether or not I'm right uh, or wrong by saying that the offensive coaches are going to continue to prosper and defensive coach teams besides maybe the Patriots may take a, continue to take a, take a step back. Next on the list, two Green Bay Packers extensions. Uh, Preston Smith, defensive end, four-year, $52.5 million contract with the Packers, uh, as well as their linebacker, Devondre Campbell, uh, five-year, $50 million extension with the Packers as well. Those are both interesting contracts. Devondre Campbell was probably a top five linebacker last year. Uh, and he was picked up in free agency, if I'm not mistaken. You guys can double-check me on that, but I'm pretty sure. And, and Preston Smith, listen, I, I like Preston Smith. I like Zadarius Smith a little bit more. The Packers release Zadarius Smith to make both of these contracts possible. Uh, Zadarius Smith has been released, as well as offensive tackle Billy Turner, uh, who played well uh, for the Green Bay Packers last season. He did end up getting hurt, I think, towards the end of the season, but he did play well. But Zadarius Smith is going to be a huge loss. Uh, and not only Zadarius Smith uh, being a huge loss, but Devontae Adams has come out officially uh, and told the Packers that he will not play under the franchise tag that he is currently under. Uh, he will only play if he receives an extension. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers has officially just signed his three-year extension worth over $150 million uh, with a dummy year at the end to make the cap hit a little bit less. Uh but Aaron Rodgers has been paid. Devondre Campbell has been paid. Preston Smith has been paid. Zadarius Smith has been released. And they have not paid Devontae Adams yet. And listen, a lot of people, and, and not avid football fans, even some avid football fans, come up to me and say, they're getting paid millions of dollars. Figure it out. At some point, I understand that. But... You got to think that if you can relate it to a real world issue that's not in a multi million dollar difference for what you're getting paid versus what you're not getting paid, you got to make that comparison to make more sense of it. If you are at your job and fully perform to the best standard uh, over everybody in the country at your position and you were not getting paid the most for it, you would be livid. I don't care what job you're doing currently, whether you're a housekeeper, whether you work at McDonald's, it doesn't matter where it is. Whatever your job currently is, if you're the best performer at your job and you are ranked in the country as the best and there are seven, eight, nine people getting paid more than you, you are going to be pissed. Don't get me wrong. $20.1 million for me personally, I don't care if I'm not the highest paid. I would love $20 million, but I'm not Devontae Adams. And he's getting upwards in age to, to the fact of, and, and to the matter of, he may not get this offer again in his prime at his age from any other team. So he wants to get the money he needs to, because it's a very short life cycle for players in the NFL. Very short life cycle. They play They play for 10 years. The average running back in the league, I think, spends like four or five years in the league. It, 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 the average length of, of lifetime of a player in the NFL is not long. So you need to create your – use your skills to create a better way of life for the rest of your life. I get that. I get, I get the argument. That they're getting paid multiple millions of dollars. I wish I could get paid more. I get it. 
Uh, to be, but to be fair, uh, you don't have the same skills as Devontae Adams does on a football field. I, I'm just being honest. And I, I, I listen. It's a rough. It's a rough situation. It's hard to pick a side where you don't you don't hurt somebody's feelings. But listen, if you were as good as Devontae Adams at catching footballs, you would be in the same position, and you would make probably the same decision and be pissed about it. As would probably ninety five percent of of Americans, people in the world. So I get Devontae Adams being pissed. I understand it. Uh, but if Devontae Adams, uh, they don't extend him, uh, Aaron Rodgers just signed. Uh, so that could become an, a huge issue in the upcoming weeks uh, if Devontae, if they are unwilling to give Devontae Adams an extension. Next on the list, James Conner signs a three-year, $21 million contract with the Cardinals. Uh, James Conner, the best running back from less than five yards away from the end zone uh, based on last year. He was awesome in in the red zone last year, had a lot of touchdowns for the Cardinals, uh, and a lot of them in the games that Kyler Murray wasn't able to play in, which is very, very important for that team. Uh, Chase Edmonds exits. Uh, and he actually ends up signing with the Miami Dolphins on a similar type contract. Um, but listen, I thought James Conner would be out. I thought I told you guys on this podcast that I thought the Cardinals would make a move for Saquon Barkley. Uh, and they were a dark horse to pick him up because think about Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, and DeAndre Hopkins. That would be an amazing move. Uh, it doesn't seem like the Giants are in a lot of this free agent frenzy type type transactions that are happening right now. I haven't heard much from them um, or about them, I guess, uh, making any moves, releasing players, interest in players even. I haven't heard much about the from the Giants, but uh, James Conner going back to Arizona is a very good move, uh, not only for the Cardinals, but also for James Conner uh, because it seemed like he had better success there than he ever did in Pittsburgh. And to be quite honest with you, uh, James Conner's a great player. He's gone through a lot in his lifetime and his lifetime on a football field. Um, but it seemed like in Pittsburgh he was losing a step, and I think he was just at the wrong place doing the wrong things for the wrong team. Next on the list, Michael Gallup signs a five-year, $62.5 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. He will stay in Dallas. So, uh, great to see. Uh, Michael Gallup, good, great dude, awesome wide receiver, very underrated, I think, uh, which is why I don't see this contract being too far off of where he is. Uh, he's an underrated guy. He probably could have got a little bit more, uh, to be honest with you, maybe possibly somewhere else. Uh, we'll talk about another uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver in a minute, but uh, Michael Gallup getting this, Cedric Wilson. Uh, the player that stepped in for him while Michael Gallup was hurt at the end of the season for the Cowboys was just signed, I believe, by the Dolphins as well uh, on a on a very small deal, uh, three years. I think it was three years, $20 million, 12 and a half guaranteed, something along those lines. Um, but he's going to be back. Michael Gallup's going to be back, should be making a full recovery. I think he had an ACL maybe week 10. Uh, so might be a little bit of a rough time uh, getting him ready for next season to be ready 100% to go by week one. Uh, but Michael Gallup's a great player. So I think he deserves this contract 100%, to be honest with you. Next on the list, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we did talk about Trubisky a little bit uh, on the last few episodes of the podcast. He started to heat up in terms of teams that were uh, completely into signing him uh, because apparently sitting on the bench in Buffalo makes him better than he was on the Bears. Uh, that's the way the media is is portraying it, so I, I'm just going to run with that and say it's kind of horseshit. But uh, to be honest with you, uh, Trubisky, uh, Trubisky signs a two-year deal with the Steelers. The money that he will make has not been released. Uh, and he was traded, not traded, I guess. He signed with the Steelers, I think, Monday early afternoon. So, uh, and it might have been even in the morning, to be honest with you. So, it's been almost 36 hours, and we still have not found out how much money Mitchell Trubisky is going to be making in Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh fans are losing their minds. 
Uh, similar to the way the Vikings fans lose their minds on Kirk Cousins, to be honest with you. That's a similar, uh, that's the closest similarity I can draw uh, to the to the way Steelers fans are acting on Twitter right now. Uh, and I've gotten a little bit, a little bit addicted. Not, I guess not a little addicted. I've been using Twitter uh, a lot more than I have ever in my lifetime. Uh, seen, met some cool people, saw some cool stuff. Uh, it's, it's the Twitter universe is a, is a cool universe, uh, but it goes savage, uh, sometimes. And, and, and listen, I've mentioned my buddy, Scott, he's on my bowling team. Good friend of mine. He's a huge Steelers fan who also supports Kirk cousins a lot more than I do. Uh, so shout out to Scott. I hope he listens to this podcast. Cause this one's for you here, buddy. Uh, listen, I know that Steelers fans are going nuts about Mitch Trubisky, uh, but if if you think that Mitch Trubisky is worse than Dwayne Haskins uh, or Mason Rudolph, you're actually insane uh, and should be evaluated uh, because he's not. He's definitely better, uh, and he's not going to. You're not going to have to pay him a absolute boatload uh, to get him on your team. So I'm thinking maybe I don't know eight to not maybe eight to ten million a year. Uh, it's a two-year deal, so eight to ten million. Uh, you could even guarantee less in the, in the contract. Make him hit incentives. I don't know why Pittsburgh fans are going nuts right now. Your team is now better with Mitch Trubisky on it than if he wasn't on it. Uh, you, the Steelers organization said they were not in on the Deshaun Watson sweeps, sweepstakes. They made no mention of Jimmy Garoppolo, although he will be hurt uh, until July fourth. So it's not even like you could give him a physical uh, to have him meet make your meet your requirements for your team. So I mean, like, what is your other options? I don't I don't know what your options are uh, besides Mitch Trubisky. And honestly, I don't really think Mitch Trubisky is as bad as people give him credit for. Don't get me wrong; he was a, a former Chicago Bear, so I talked a lot of shit on him when I was younger. When he, when he was on the Bears and got dra- he was overdrafted, uh, and he clearly couldn't throw the ball the same way that people expected him to be able to throw the ball when he got to the NFL. But he's not as bad as Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. We've seen those bad stories already. We don't need to continue to see them. Jesus, Mason Rudolph got outplayed by a guy named Duck. Like it's 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 ridiculous. So. Steelers fans need to relax a little bit. You've got Najee Harris. You've got weapons. Uh, on your team, you can focus on trying to make your defense a little more consistent as well as bolster the offensive line. And, and Mitch Trubisky, he's he's uh, he's able to get out of the pocket and he's able to run. He he can get out of the pocket. He can throw on the run. He can run. I've seen it happen multiple multiple times over and over again against my piss poor defense when we play the Chicago Bears. Listen, I don't think Steelers fans out there, you need to take a deep breath in. Uh, and take a deep breath out and realize that your head coach is going to get you to 500 regardless of who your QB is. Now that it's better uh, and is in a better situation than it was before he was signed, I think you all need to just take a chill pill and relax for a minute. All right, the trade heard around the world. Uh, And I mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about Michael Gallup. Uh, But Amari Cooper is traded from the Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, for a fifth-round pick in 2022, uh, and uh, basically they're having a pick swap uh, of six-round picks. It's basically what I was able to dig up on this. And this was – I talked about this yesterday, and I was looking this this stuff up yesterday. So it may have changed, uh, but it looks like they just get a fifth-round pick this year, uh, they being the Cowboys, uh, and they pick swap in, in the sixth round. Uh, so, listen – Amari Cooper, great player, does not deserve $20 million a year. However, I would like to see what Amari Cooper looks like because, to, to be quite honest with you, I think Amari Cooper looked better when Derek Carr was throwing him the football but than when Dak Prescott was, was throwing him the football. He's able to separate. Uh, he's a one-on-one guy outside. He runs decent routes, doesn't have the best speed. Uh, but Amari Cooper is going to be a player that, Baker Mayfield can look at as a number one target. Now, I don't have faith in Baker because he had a number number one target in Odell Beckham Jr. and never threw him the football. So I don't know what's really going to happen because Amari Cooper is the clearest day number one on that team now. Uh, because the Browns have officially released Jarvis Landry. Uh, they ga- they it gave him the ability to seek a trade and then released him uh, a few days later. 
Jarvis Landry's on the open market now. Uh, and Amari Cooper is going to be the go-to guy on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we talk about their roster defensively and offensively, but they lack offensive weapons at the wide receiver position. Uh, and Amari Cooper is going to fill some of that void. Uh, we know uh, that their running game is going to be good. We know that their offensive line and defensive line are good from a roster standpoint as well uh, as from a skill standard. But listen, the wide receiver position needs to be available and readily available for Baker to look decent because Baker, uh, just like Kirk Cousins, uh, cannot make nobodies look better. Uh, and, and by nobodies, I don't mean actual nobodies, but you need number ones, you need number twos. You can't just have a bunch of number three wide receivers on a team and expect Baker Mayfield to throw for anything that is going to win them football games. Two more to go over. Uh, real quick before we get to our fun part and talk about two people that I really want to talk about. Uh, but JC Jackson signs a five-year, $82.5 million contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, $40 million of that is fully guaranteed. Uh, and from what it seems like the media and or NFL network is saying uh, is that he's going to get a decent amount of, uh, of, of that money that's not fully guaranteed in incentives because the incentives are relatively low. Uh, but the Chargers are making big moves. Uh, and, and I like seeing it. Uh, number one, I love seeing it uh, because now the AFC West uh, is going to be the best division in football uh, moving forward uh, for sure now. Uh, because Brandon Stanley, as much as I want to say that he's not, uh, he's a little bit overrated in terms of being a head coach, he's identified that he did a piss poor job last year uh, of being the defensive, uh, the defensive guru that he was in his former life. Uh, and their defense was pretty bad last year. So getting Khalil Mack, we've talked about that trade uh, in our last podcast. And now JC Jackson acquired in free agency. Uh, their defense starts to look super good, uh, and, and I love that that's going to be th the way that these teams start to go. Uh, I'm expecting the Broncos to go pretty crazy uh, in free agency as well, try and make that team as good as it could possibly be, uh, because there's going to be three heavy hitters in the AFC this year, uh, and all of them are going to be in the same division. Uh, so the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, of course, that have been atop of that division uh, for the last, God only knows, it doesn't even, it's not even in years. Since Patrick Mahomes was a starter, the Chiefs have been the best in that division. It's going to be a lot harder for the Chiefs moving forward uh, with Russell Wilson going to the Broncos and the with Justin Herbert uh, on the Chargers, as well as them bolstering that defense. It is going to be a lot harder in that division. That's going to be a hard-fought division. Uh, everything people were talking about in terms of in terms of the defense and and how things were going to go uh, for the the teams in the NFC West this year, uh, with the Rams obviously winning the Super Bowl, but with the with with, with the 49ers, the Cardinals off to their hot start last year, uh, as well as Seattle before Russell Wilson got hurt. The AFC West is just as good. So the NFC West and the AFC West are probably going to be the best two divisions in this in the NFL next season. Uh, if I were to give some sort of rankings, one and two, clear as day, and everyone else is a not-too-close third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh and eighth. All right, I threw this last one in for my buddy Greg. He sent me a message today. Shout-out to Greg out there. Listen, uh, Chavarius Ward, and 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 if I haven't mentioned this on the podcast, I'm going to mention it now. Greg and I have watched a lot of Chiefs fans. Greg, huge Chiefs fan. I've probably said that a million times on this podcast, but he's a huge Chiefs fan. We talked so much shit on Chavarius Ward since he's been a Kansas City Chief. It's unreal. It's literally unreal. And, and he is clear as day not a starter worth this much amount of money clear as day to me and Greg who have watched him week in and week out. Uh, but Javarius Ward signs a three-year $42 million deal with the 49ers. And, 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 and when he sent me the meme or sent me the, the screenshot uh, of his contract, I wasn't surprised it was the 49ers. Why? Uh, because the 49ers love has been cornerbacks and paying them dumb amounts of money. Uh, to be honest with you, this year, they're off the hook a little bit. A lot of their corners that started this year uh, were young guys uh, that stepped in before they were ready. 
And to be fair, they may turn into great players. That's fine. I'll give you that. Um, but that Josh Norman was their best corner this year. And Josh Norman committed the most penalty yards in, on defense in the league. Josh Norman is terrible. Uh, Chavarius Ward uh, is also terrible. Uh, he's basically Marcus Peters' route jumping abilities without Marcus Peters' skill at all. It's crazy. I, and I told Greg this. Uh, Greg, I really hope you listen to this pod. But uh, listen, Mike Hughes, they, the Chiefs signed Mike Hughes last year. We let him go. Uh, he was hurt for a while. He had off-the-field issues. Mike Hughes came in and gave you a, gave the Chiefs a, a decent few games that, that had he in which he had a positive impact. Uh, but Mike Hughes is not a good corner. He's not an NFL-type corner, and neither is Javarius Ward. So to be honest, uh, shout out to the Chiefs for for letting him seek free agency uh, because there is a 0% chance that I would ever consider giving Chavarius Ward $14 million in one season. Uh, He makes little to no plays that are decent. If he does, it's like a blind squirrel finding a nut. So I'm proud proud of the Chiefs, honestly, uh, of not not giving in and giving him that contract. Uh, Hopefully for all 49ers, fans out there uh, and the 49ers organization, Javarius figures it out uh, and figures out how to play corner. Uh, Because to be quite honest with you, whatever he's doing right now is not working. Uh, So I don't understand how he was able to sign for $14 million a year. All right. Those are the biggest free agent trade extension, whatever have you, uh, that changes contracts in the NFL. It is a whirlwind right now. 14 of them probably happened since I've been, since I've recorded this podcast, to be honest with you. Um, but we're going to talk about two individuals real quick that have taken huge, uh, moves depending, uh, both very different moves, but, um, let's talk about Tom Brady for a little bit. Well, we talk about Aaron Rodgers a lot on this podcast. Let's talk, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady decides he wants to come back 40 days after announcing his retirement. Uh, and listen, I, I I didn't think that he was going to come back, to be quite honest with you. I thought he was going to be out. Uh, there's no possible way. Uh, all that stuff leaked about Bruce Arians saying he would never play for a different team. I thought that if he was going to come back, he was going to play for a team that wasn't the Bucks. Uh, and he said in his Instagram post that he's going to come back to play in Tampa. Now, he wasn't specific for the Buccaneers. Uh, is he coming back and forcing his way to another team? I do not know. Uh, but Tom Brady will be back for a 23rd season in the NFL. His time on the field, as he says, or, or he said in his Instagram post, is not done yet. Uh, he has plenty of time to do what he did in the past 40 days, uh, the rest of his life. So he will be back. He wasn't even two months into retirement. Now, listen, if you're not skeptical of the fact that that wasn't a real retirement speech, I don't know what you're looking at because that's exactly what it seems like. Uh, There's no way that he actually retired, nor was he in the right mind frame of retiring. Tom Brady's work ethic uh, for all the stop, the stuff, the documentaries, the the ESPN 30 for 30s, everything about Tom Brady that I've ever read, um, he's never taken any time off. Uh, and if he does, it's not a, long, a decent amount of time or a larger chunk of time. He took six weeks off, a little less than six weeks off. Uh, and what he did in those six weeks, clearly nobody knows what that is. Um, but, I mean, what that is specifically. They've seen him places. They've seen him go places. But what went on in his head in those six weeks clearly was not good uh, because he is now back in the NFL. Uh, and the odds for the Bucks were so good for them in terms of value uh, for winning their division, winning the NFC. When Tom Brady made this announcement, all the odds cut in either a half or closer to a third uh, of what they were. Uh, the Bucks are now 10-1 to 1 to win the NFC as a whole, which is crazy. I think they were 30-1 to 1 before Brady made this announcement. Uh, but clearly he didn't have a good time doing whatever he did. Uh, and... Uh, his his GM Jason Light came up came on the po- stepped up to the podium I guess I could say uh, and announced that the, the the light was always on for him to come back I feel like this was an inside job uh, not an inside job of like a bank robbery uh, an inside job like the Bucks knew he was going to come back or had a good feeling he was and Brady wasn't full into his retirement as much as people thought he was. 
That's what I've gained from this. You don't just take 40 days off of a sport uh, after you announce retirement uh, and f- take 40 days off and be like, yep, this sucks. I'm going back. Like n- that doesn't happen often in sports. So uh, listen, Tom Brady himself is a fully unique individual in the sports world. A lot of the stuff he does, no one's ever had the opportunity to do uh, in terms of reactions, decisions, understanding things, his drive. A lot of it is new information because we haven't seen a a quarterback be this good for this long. We've never seen it. Uh, So it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to be very interesting because the NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC this year. The NFC is very weak. Uh, And I made, I made a, a a hot take at the beat when this podcast first started uh, before last season happened in the NFL saying that the AFC would be better than the NFC, even though the NFC looked better. And that was true. The AFC was way better than the NFC last year. But this year, the AFC is completely and utterly uh, the more superior league or conference uh, than the NFC because the NFC is bad this year. We've got Brady, we've got we've got Rodgers, but we really don't have that much of anything else. Uh, and that's before uh, Deshaun Watson, who we will talk to talk about in a minute. Uh, Deshaun Watson has a decision to make: is he going to go? What team is he going to? And we'll talk more about that in a minute, but. Uh, Tom Brady coming back is a huge deal uh, because clearly, uh, and it seemed like before his his retirement was announced, it just seemed like he was gonna he was gonna stop playing football for his family, and then forty days later, all of a sudden, the family's not a huge issue. Did his family change their minds and not want him to retire? Was he even influenced by his family to retire? There's so many questions that I would like to know the answers to that we don't have the answers to, nor does the media, so we definitely won't have the answers to. I would have loved to call myself Tom Brady's best friend, but unfortunately, I'm not. So it's going to be interesting. They're clear as day. The Bucs right now, based on current rosters of everyone in their division, the Bucs are clear favorites to win that division, if not uh, clear to finish top one or second in the NFC. Uh, based on what is readily available to me right now as information for every NFC team. All right, let's switch our 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 gears a little bit and go to Deshaun Watson. Talk about Deshaun Watson for a bit. So Deshaun Watson disappeared from the internet for a while. Uh, he was found not guilty. I guess not. I'm not saying he's not guilty. Uh, and I I I swear I always lead with stuff. I actually I, it, it's it's crazy, but. He was cleared of all criminal charges and will not be indicted for the actions that happened in with the massage therapists in Texas in general. That's the basic the basic understanding of what happened. Uh, there's there's lawyer jargon in some of these articles. There there's other stuff. He's also still facing some civil suits as well. Uh, not to ma- he just won't be indicted for what's happening because he's not indicted and won't face criminal charges officially. That does not mean he won't be suspended. So that's some of this stuff. And, and a lot of these free agents have moved. They're not as big of a name and or as big of a game changer as Deshaun Watson would be for some NFL teams. But that's the reason why people haven't jumped on this yet. I don't think anything's going to come out. And I think if the league does, it makes the punishment less. If it comes out earlier before he gets traded, uh, if that makes any sense, uh, even to be accused by 22 different individuals of doing something is a lot for the shield, the NFL shield to take in terms of bad rap. Uh, And they're going to put their foot down and it's probably going to happen to the tune of six games to maybe half a season uh, for Deshaun Watson. But they're clear as day are teams that are available uh, to make the trade for him and actually want him and have reached out. So it seems like in the media, the Saints and the Panthers have the best opportunity to sign him, although those aren't the best places for him, in my opinion. You have four other teams that are interested in Deshaun Watson that aren't the Saints or the Panthers, in quotation marks, that are, could make moves and could make moves for very good reasons. So the Colts uh, are, are out uh, of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They don't have a first-round pick. Right now, the going rate for him is three picks, three first-round picks and players. 
uh, as well as possibly even more, depending on if there's a bidding war. Uh, and the Steelers have already signed Trubisky, so no, and they've already expressed their disinterest uh, in Deshaun Watson as a football player for their football team. So the the four other teams that I can actually see Deshaun Watson wanting to go to and playing for, three of them make sense. One of them he reached out to personally, and that's the Atlanta Falcons, and that news dropped today. Uh, Deshaun Watson himself personally reached out to the Falcons and expressed interest in playing for that football team. Now, did he know Russell Gage just got traded and Calvin Ridley is suspended for a year? Uh, so they basically have no weapons but Kyle Pitts uh, in Atlanta. And what happens with Matt Ryan? Uh, that's a talk for another podcast because God only knows if he's actually going to choose Atlanta. Uh, but the Eagles, the Browns, and the Seahawks all can make viable trade options and better spots for Deshaun Watson. Pete Carroll doesn't take shit from nobody. He's a coach that is renowned. Uh, he, him and Russell Wilson had a very good relationship until it got sour uh, later in Russell's career. Uh, listen, I think Seattle would be a good spot for him. I think the Browns are going to be a good spot for him too as well. Not only because the Browns are currently taking offers for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker's media presence is definitely not something the Browns are interested in keeping uh, on the on the on the books, uh, I guess. And and Baker getting hurt and not being the the quarterback that they basically expected. Although a lot of people saw this coming. I thought Baker would be better than the way he's played. To be fair, judge him a little bit less on last year and more or less on the rest of the years uh, since he came into the league. Last year, he was dinged up all year. The labrum was a problem. He had knee problems. He had hip problems. He had back problems. He had ankle problems. He had every problem you could have. Uh, and he was just playing through all of it. So I don't think Baker's as good as people expected him to be, uh, which is surprising. However, Deshaun would make a good a good landing spot in Cleveland as well as in Philadelphia. And the Eagles have three first-round picks as well as Jalen Hurts uh, to put in a package and offer the 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 Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, so he's going to in, in like permanently uh, tell the Texans or tell other teams either I'm interested or I'm not. Uh, and he can waive his, his no-trade clause for teams he wants to go to. Uh, but they're not going to be sending him to the Lions. They, they, can't, they don't have basically any say in it. So it, for the team, the team that has the best surrounding cast and can offer the Texans what they want will end up with Deshaun Watson. Because those teams are going to have something that Deshaun Watson would like to surround himself with uh, if he's traded to that team. Now, there are bad teams with a lot of picks and cap room out there that could offer stuff, but there are a lot of really good teams out there that can offer that as well. The Eagles had a decent year last year, regardless of what you want to say in a crappy division or not. They they were they were picked to have four wins last year. They got nine. Jalen Hurts played decent. Their defense played well. They were able to run the football uh, to the tunes of being number one in the league in rush yards per game. The Eagles were no joke last year, and there were no huge names on that team on the defensive side of the football besides Darius Slay. Uh, and all the other big names on that defense were hurt or missed time. The Eagles are not a terrible team. Now, they would be better if they didn't have if they had Justin Jefferson and not Jalen Rieger. Thank you so much, Philadelphia Eagles, for passing on Justin Jefferson. However, they're still able to they were still able to get production and able to draft players that were able to be suitable. Uh, at the wide receiver position, even though Jalen Hurts didn't throw that often, uh, so the wide receiver wide receiver wide receivers sorry weren't needed as much as people would have expected them to be needed. Now, Deshaun Watson is going to pick a location probably by the end of this week. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I may throw up an emergency pod or just talk about it on a baseball pod. I told you guys we were going to have baseball. Baseball's popping off free agency trades as much as the NFL is right now. So I may just keep up with this free agency tracker for you guys and anything I didn't already mention on this pod or anything I already did mention and want to explain some more. Anything that I notice, I may put on the next podcast but the free, keep your eyes on your team uh, because not everything that comes ESPN is everything that's happening uh, via alerts to your phone is specifically what I'm talking about. Uh, Vikings have released multiple offensive linemen, uh, released a bunch of players with a huge cap hit. 
so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, the Vikings and all of your favorite teams out there. Uh, the Jags are making big moves. The Dolphins are making big moves. The Chargers are making big moves. You got the Jets that are trying to make big moves as well, who offered Zach Wilson in a trade for Deshaun Watson in Houston. Uh, but Deshaun was not interested in going to New York, as would no one be uh, with the current rosters of the Giants and the Jets, which are terrible. Um, but I will talk to you guys soon. That's going to end this podcast. Please remember any questions, anything you want me to talk about, any feedback for the podcast, follow me on Twitter, tweet at me at all in man cave pod. Also remember, add me on Facebook, Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as and dog T as and Tom. And remember share the podcast, be a word of mouth, share my posts on Facebook. If you guys aren't friends with me, you can add me and share my posts on Facebook. Um, but I want all the feedback that I could possibly get for the pod. Uh, and I want to talk about stuff that you guys want me to talk about, uh, as well as you guys want to know about, uh, so, f- uh, football season, we're, we're, we're not even in the football season. We've got news. Baseball hasn't even started yet. It's going to start in April. We've got news golf, golf season it for at the average golf golfer is happening right now as well as the pga tour hockey's going on basketball's going on definitely going to get a basketball pot in uh with a few of my friends from work uh guys i'm close with uh we share multiple betting uh options with each other all the time talk about the the nba i as you guys know not the biggest fan of the nba or the mlb however sports is sports and i love sports uh, so i'll watch it for sure Uh, But I trust my friends that I surround myself with to give me most of the info uh, for basketball and baseball, to be honest with you. So until next time, thank you guys all for listening. I appreciate it 100% more than you ever know. I will talk to you guys soon, either Thursday or Friday, hopefully, maybe even Wednesday. Definitely another podcast by the end of the week, trying to get baseball on here, get Ty and Tim back on here. So uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Keep an eye on the feed. Wherever you listen to the All In Man Cave podcast, thank you so much again. And like I always say, have a good day and later.